You're listening to the What The Fab podcast, where empowered women empower women through candid conversations, inspiring stories, and tangible tips. I'm your host, Elise Armitage. I'm a digital creator, and I left my nine to five job at Google to chase my dreams of being an entrepreneur. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get into some real talk. Hello, welcome back to the What The Fab podcast. We're on episode 40, the big four Oh, I have been having so much fun consistently getting these episodes out each and every week and just loving your feedback and really appreciating the just kind of range in diversity of the types of episodes that are resonating with people. I threw up that one podcast episode that was a conversation between me and my girlfriends. I think it was episode 38 where we were talking about our decisions to have babies, to not have babies, start a family, not start a family, and kind of where we were feeling and pressures and fears and all of that. And I honestly wasn't expecting it to resonate with people as much as it did. We've had some recent solo episodes that people have really been enjoying. So I'm just loving the variety. It's keeping it fresh. It's keeping it spicy and interesting. And today is more of a business focused episode. We are getting into my best tips for hiring. So you can think of this as hiring tips for small businesses, for content creators, but you You can also apply these tips for sure, even if you're not a business owner, like even if you are looking to hire help within your home, like a nanny, a housekeeper, a babysitter, house manager, or if you work for a company and you are looking to hire, even then like hiring is tough. Finding the right talent is so, so difficult. And I know from talking with other business owners, large and small, that it is their number one challenge. So I don't know if I'm going to necessarily solve all of those issues for you today, but I am going to give you some of my very best tips because over the course of the last year, I have definitely hired and fired a fair amount of people. And I've really been in this kind of like growth stage with What The Fab. And I have learned some key lessons that have really helped make hiring a little bit easier, especially over the last few months. If you have not subscribed to the What The Fab podcast yet, please go ahead and do that. You can hit subscribe through whatever platform it is that you're listening on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, whatever it is, and then that way these episodes will get queued up and ready for you each and every week. So let's get into it. My best hiring tips for content creators, for small businesses, for individuals, or for people at a company that are like, oh my God, I just really need to hire and find the right person, but I don't know where to start. So my first tip is to make the job description enticing. Add some personality, maybe even make the reader laugh a little bit. You want to think about the fact that you're not just out here trying to find somebody to shoehorn into this role and like get a warm body in. You are trying to attract the right person. So you're trying to pull them in. You're trying to kind of put the call out that is going to attract the exact right people for you, for your business, for your home, for your company. And rather than just like 
putting out a bland job description that makes it sound like anyone and everyone could be a fit for it. So I'm going to share some snippets from my VA posting. So this was for the virtual assistant job that I just recently filled. Shout out to Jackie. And I got a lot of these ideas and inspirations from a couple different women in my mastermind group last year that were coaches and mentors in the group. So Adrian Dorson and Jordan Gill, they definitely shared some really bomb ass job descriptions and I pulled a lot of language from them. So I have to give credit where credit is due there. So a few things, I'm just going to read a few little snippets from this. So again, this is for the virtual assistant role. So obviously I'm looking for somebody that's like super organized, very detail oriented, like to the point where if something is off with the details, it bothers them. That's how I know that they're going to be a really good fit for this role because if they don't care about the details, they're going to be missing so much. They're like booking my flights and my travel and calendaring it. I like that done in a very specific way. They're in my inbox. They're helping me respond to emails. They're doing other, you know, administrative things for me and supporting my business in a number of different ways that require somebody that just has that eye for detail and you know nobody's perfect but it's got to be somebody that like they're not going to make the same mistake twice if they fuck something up they are going to learn from it and never do that again so let's get into a few of these different snippets I started with you pride yourself on being able to tackle any task big or small and get it done with style and grace so I'm going to kind of break down like why I included that in this description so for this I'm saying like you know it might be something like super mundane and small that I and repetitive that I need you to do or it could be like a larger task that's more external facing but like either way you're going to get it done with style and grace so that means like I really don't want to hear the behind the scenes of like oh my gosh this was so stressful and I had to be on call with this customer service agent for an hour and blah blah, blah. like I know it's difficult and that I don't have the time to do it <laughs> and so you're saving me from that stress and that is part of this role so like let's get that out in the open in the very first sentence and then I put the only problem is sometimes your clients ping you with quote emergencies at all hours of the day and night. What if you could work for someone who doesn't believe every little thing is an urgent emergency, someone who values work-life balance, boundaries, and efficiency, where you're celebrated for your magical talents of taking care of things and making it look easy, never missing a beat or a detail. So again, I'm adding in, and this is pulled right from Jordan and Adrian's job descriptions, but I'm adding in like, okay, here's the deal. I know that as a virtual assistant, you probably have had clients that are like pinging you with quote unquote emergencies at night on the weekends. Like I will never do that to you. I really don't want to hear from you <laughs> at night or on the weekends. Like I very much value work-life balance and having those boundaries. And I also really value efficiency. Like I put it somewhere else in the job description, but I was like, efficiency is our love language. I'm a small business owner. So if you're wasting my time, you're also wasting my money and I don't have time for that. <laughs> so I made that super clear. And then also I loved the line about like, you will be celebrated for these magical talents of taking care of these things and making it look easy. So you know that you're going to be appreciated for these things, you know, whether it's big or small. Then it goes into a whole bunch of bullets 
that say, you know, this job is for you if, and so I put things like, you're the one that your friends always go to when they need someone to plan their bachelorette party or their baby shower. You are highly organized and efficient, super into the details. Grammar is important to you. Knowing the difference between there, there, and there is second nature to you. So again, adding like a little bit of personality, but also outlining the important kind of characteristics of somebody for this role. Then I went into all of the responsibilities. So that's, you know, pretty standard going into like invoicing, posting sponsored stories on Instagram, filtering emails, researching brand contacts, etc, etc. I have a pretty standard section for requirements. Yeah, and then I put a little bit more about myself and what the fab at the bottom. So that's kind of an example of how you can spice up the job description a little bit, make it a little bit more enticing and kind of pull people in, but pull the right people in. The second tip is to do everything that you can to weed out people who are not the right fit before you even review their resume. So this is part of how I set up the application section of the job description. I do a few different things here. So this time around, this is my first time trying this and I loved it and I will always, always do it going forward. But this time around when I was looking for a virtual assistant, I put in the application you know, the section that's like how to apply, I requested a short two minute video. And I basically asked them like, just send me a super short and sweet video introducing yourself and letting me know why you think you would be a great fit for the role. So I did this for two reasons. First of all, anyone that did not include that short video that they made, they were an automatic no, because they didn't follow the instructions. They didn't care enough to do it. Obviously, they don't care enough about the details and this role as I have mention is really all about the details. So that was a good way to weed people out. And then secondly, it also was really, really nice to be able to get a quick sense for the person's personality. Like, would we vibe? Would we jive? Do they have good energy? Because that's another thing that is kind of a, a mistake that I've made in the past. Like, I would hire support people who I didn't really like. <laughs> and I just kind of thought, you know, we don't have to be best friends. Like, as long as you're doing your job, if you're my campaign manager and you're making me money, but you're kind of a bitch, like, whatever. It doesn't matter. And I have learned that that is just not the case. Like, especially as a small business owner, if you're interacting with somebody every day and they're not the right vibe, it really starts to weigh on you. So for one of those examples I'm thinking of, I anytime this person would ping me, I would kind of get this like sense of dread in my stomach of like, oh, oh no, like what's wrong? What do they want? Are they mad about something? Like, what is it now? Even if it was something totally mundane they were pinging me about, but that was just kind of like where the relationship got to be. And I really should have let that person go a lot sooner. So the video is a really great way to one, weed out people that don't follow that instruction and two, just kind of get a sense for somebody's vibe. And also just to make sure that they're like savvy, you know, like, can you take a quick video on your phone, nothing fancy, but like attach it properly or, you know, include it in a Dropbox as a Dropbox link. Or if you are putting it on Drive, like, did you change the sharing settings so I can actually view it? I don't have to ask you, like, can you give me permission? Those types of things. Like, are you using Loom? And it's just a super easy link that you send me. So that also kind of helps weed people out. But yeah, I really, really liked this step of the process. And at first, when I had heard this tip, I was like, I don't know if people will actually do that. Like, that sounds like a pain in the butt. I got 
you know, probably, I don't know, 50 applications. People were not deterred by that part of the application, and it was a really helpful piece for me. So that's one thing that I did. And then I like to have really specific instructions on how to apply. Like, in order to apply, please send me an email with the subject line, virtual assistant application for, and then in brackets, insert your name. So I will literally tell them, this is how I want you to apply with this subject line in the email. And if it's off a little bit from that subject line, fine. But if they just completely ignore that and send their own subject line that's whatever, or they don't include their name in it, that is also kind of a flag to me that they're not paying attention. They're not into the details. I also, for this virtual assistant example, I asked for a resume to be attached and to include their hourly rate in the email. So if they just sent me an email with, you know, here's my application, here's my resume, and they didn't include their hourly rate, that was a no. Another way to weed people out before even having to review their resume is to hide what's called an Easter egg. So if you have worked in tech, you're definitely familiar with the Easter egg thing. We used to do this at Google a lot. Like there would be some kind of hidden code. I'm not a developer, so I'm going to butcher how I explain this, but there would be some kind of hidden code somewhere at an event, on a cocktail napkin, you know, on the footer of a slide deck, like whatever it was. And then if the techie engineer cracked the code, they were brought to a URL and they could like apply for a job at Google, something like that. So you can do this in your applications, not quite so, you know, techie, but you can include something somewhere within your application. You don't want to, or within your job description, you don't want to hide it and bury it too, too much. But if you just include a line somewhere that's like, please include your favorite color somewhere in the email, like it can be totally random. It doesn't have to have anything to do with their actual role and responsibilities, but just one little line that's like, include this so you know that they actually took the time to read your entire job description and how to apply section. Okay, you know I am all about time-saving hacks, and I have to tell you guys about my latest discovery, Sunbasket Meal Delivery Service. I've been using them for months now, and they are hands down the best meal delivery I have ever tried, and I have tried a lot. <laughs> Their meals are ready to go. You can just microwave them or pop them in the oven. I don't know about you, but if I'm paying for a meal delivery, I'm not trying to get a kit that also requires me to spend time having to cook the meal and chop stuff like some other services. No, thank you. So it's delivered weekly. If you want, you can always skip. It's ready to go. All of their ingredients are organic. And seriously, the meals have been so delicious. I just had this insane chile verde enchilada pie with braised pork last night. Oh my God, I'm drooling just thinking about it. And each week you get to pick your menu and I order six. So that's meals for both me and Omid three nights out of the week. And I usually opt for meals that are under 600 calories. And like I said, everything has been so good. And there's a new menu to choose from every week. We haven't had a repeat menu item yet. And I have a great discount link for you to give them a try. You'll get $90 off your first few deliveries, bringing each meal to six bucks a meal. This is a no-brainer, you guys. So just go to whatthefab.com slash sunbasket and use my referral link there. I mean, you're gonna pay that much at least for groceries, but with Sunbasket, you don't even have to cook, so you might as well be efficient about it. Make weeknight dinners a delicious breeze with Sunbasket. Go to whatthefab.com 
com slash sunbasket to get $90 off. Tip number three is to call multiple references and be explicit that they should be professional references. That might sound like a no-brainer, but I have had several people that have sent me like their sister or their best friend. And I'm like, no, no, I would like a professional reference, someone that you have worked with, and I am going to call them. I don't want to email them. I am going to call them and I want to hear from them what the experience was like working with you. And so to make that easy, I will ask for two to three professional references, being explicit that I want them to be professional, and I'll ask for both their email address and their phone number, and then I will ask the candidate who's applying, could you please give them a heads up that I'll be reaching out to you. Most people would usually do this anyways, but just in case, I just want to make sure that they know that I'm going to be reaching out. And I send them an email and I ask them to schedule a quick 15-minute call via my Calendly link. And so that way we're not doing a bunch of back and forth. We're not doing a bunch of phone tag. Some people are a little bit less organized and I've noticed they don't really like to necessarily schedule a specific time. But I'm like, no, girl, like I don't answer my phone. If it's an unknown number, if it's a number that I don't recognize, we just, there's so many spam calls these days. And also that's just not how my schedule works. I am, as you guys know, very into time batching. So I really don't like to be interrupted if I'm in the zone, if I'm in, you know, a state of flow while I'm working to pick up a phone call. Like I'd like to know, okay, I have a quick 10 to 15 minute call with this reference at 3 p.m. Great. Then I can plan my day around that. So multiple references. And I would definitely recommend doing at least two and not just doing one and being like, okay, that's good enough. Like do your due diligence and call at least a couple. Tip number four, I think is also gold and something that I have learned the hard way. And that is have them do some kind of simple but effective practice task. So what I mean by that is you could have them do something that's a little bit more in depth. And if just know that if it is providing some kind of value for you, like perhaps you want them to write a post for your blog, like pay them for their time, even though they're not actually hired yet. So if it's something that's going to take them more than like 10 or 15 minutes and something that is going to provide value for your business, like the post example, that would be living on your site. It could even be generating you revenue, then definitely offer to pay them for your time. But what I did was for this VA role, I asked them to complete a specific task that should not take them more than 10 minutes. And it was to take one of my previous flight itineraries and to add it to my calendar in a very specific way. So I sent them a Loom video where I showed them this is how I like to format my calendar entries for a flight. I like to format it so that it has the two, you know, SFO to SEA. I put the flight number and the airline here, and then I put the departure time and the local arrival time. And then I go in and I change the time zones to match and blah, blah, blah. So I show where the confirmation code goes, all that stuff. And I showed them an example of a previous flight. And then I'm like, here is the another flight itinerary from the past. So it's not like they're calendaring stuff for me in the future and like taking something off of my plate. This is purely like practice and I want to see how they take direction and complete a task. So here's a flight itinerary, you know, from my trip to Costa Rica last December. Could you please add the flights for this date in the same way that I showed you in this video to my Google Calendar? So create it in your own Google Calendar and just add me as 
an invitee and then I'll be able to see it. So this is something that I did after I had gotten through the interview process with a couple of different candidates. So that's kind of the point in the process that I would recommend doing that. It's like, it's a go, you're calling references, you're just kind of like crossing the T's, dotting the I's. And if everything goes smoothly, like you're thinking that you're going to hire them. This part, I would say, has saved me a lot of headache. So I had interviewed someone for the VA role. She did everything correctly in terms of the application. She sent me a great, you know, short and sweet video introducing herself. And she even said in her video, she was like, I feel like we might vibe. Like I read your bio. I looked at your blog. I noticed this, this, and this. Like you like Pilates. I like Pilates. I feel like we would just be a good vibe fit. We had a great interview. Her background was exactly what I was looking for. She had experience with all of the different tools and systems that I use for my business. And I was feeling really good about it. And so as we were wrapping up the call, I was like, great, I'd love to receive two to three professional references from you. And then if you're open to it, I would really appreciate if you could take 10 minutes to do a kind of practice task for me. I just would love to see how you follow direction. And I explained, you know, what the task would be. And I would send you this explanation video and you would add this flight to my calendar. And she was like, yep, I can totally do that. Great. Send me the information. So I did. And I never heard from her. So just think like she probably would have sent me a couple of references. Easy. I'm sure I would have called them and had a great conversation with them. And I probably would have hired her. But the fact that she couldn't complete this very simple 10 minute task, that was a really big red flag. And so we just didn't communicate further after that because I was like, okay, it's a no. Like, even though we had the vibe check was good, the background was great, she sent the application the appropriate way because she couldn't complete this task. And we're still, you know, in the like, what I call the wooing stages, like, <laughs> where basically, like, she's courting me as a client, she wants me to pay her to hire her. If she can't complete this task while she's in the wooing phase, what is it going to be like after we're on a monthly retainer, and she's got my money. So that I think has been really, really helpful for me. And so with Jackie, who is my new VA, who's fabulous. I we had like the same process. And after the interview, I asked her, would you be up to do up for doing this practice task? And she was like, yeah, I can do that. And I sent it to her and she did it within 24 hours and she did it perfectly. So that was something that I have definitely seen. I've seen people struggle in the past with like calendaring and the different time zones and the split time zones, like you're taking off from Pacific time and landing in Lisbon, Portugal, and she just like handled it like a champ. And so that made me feel really, really confident that if I hire her, she's going to be able to take, you know, new processes and systems and my way of doing things and learn it really quickly and do it correctly. So that gave me a lot of confidence with hiring her. And that also reminds me of kind of like a little bonus tip, but when you are communicating with potential applicants, and that actually reminds me of kind of a little side bonus tip, but when you are emailing with and communicating with applicants, I would say definitely take a look at and be conscientious about the amount of time it takes them to respond to you. So for me personally, what I have learned is that if they're not responding within 24 hours, they are already too swamped. 
They are not timely. And it's only going to get worse once you hire them. Because again, this is like the wooing stage. Like they're trying to impress you. They want this job. They want you to pay them. And if they can't respond within 24 hours during this courting stage, it's just going to get a whole lot slower once you do hire them. This happened with someone that I hired to be a bookkeeper. And it was like the response rate was slow. And I was just kind of in a situation where I felt like I really needed the support. They were a referral. And I was like, okay, well, if so-and-so liked them, like they must be good. And the other thing that was a flag there or should have been was she told me that she would get me a proposal by, let's say it was, you know, Thursday. It didn't come through until Saturday. So again, looking back on it, like hindsight 2020, but really what I have taken from that experience is if somebody that you are in the interview stages with can't set and meet their own deadlines properly, they're not going to be the right fit because they're already showing that they're like behind the eight ball. They're not able to keep up with their own deadlines. It's just, I that was a really big lesson learned for me. And, and it can be really hard to, to stick to that because when you're swamped, when you are ready to hire, you're like, I need somebody yesterday. But this is something that I have learned that like, okay, if they are taking too long to respond, like over 24 hours, or they say they'll get you something by a certain date and they don't, mm -mm, bad news bears, like pass, move on to the next. This episode is brought to you by Hit School. Okay, so Hit School didn't pay for a sponsorship on my podcast, but they just launched a great referral program that I had to share with you because they're my go-to for my at-home workout routine. And some of my readers have been asking how I've been staying fit during COVID. This is it. I've been working out with Hit School for four years now. The first few years were actually in person with the trainers when I was at Google because they did a lot of corporate workout programs. And last year at the start of this pandemic, they created a virtual program. So you work out with them over Google Hangouts in a small group setting and the workouts kick your butt. I am always so sore afterwards. All you need are a pair of dumbbells and you're good to go. Your trainer gives you personalized feedback because they see you on camera. So they make sure your form is on point and they nicely call you out if you're slacking off, which I definitely need because it really pushes me. And the other thing is the accountability factor. If I am paying for these classes and my trainer knows if I show up or not, I do not miss a class versus if I tell myself, okay, yeah, I'm going to do a YouTube workout video on my own later today. Half the time I end up skipping. Okay. So here's the pricing breakdown. One semester is eight weeks long and costs $270. But if I refer you, you get 50 bucks off bringing it to 220. Now you get two classes a week with your trainer. So that's 16 classes, but then they also give you access to all of these other additional live classes throughout the week. So personally, I do an abs and butt class with them. I do a strength training class and then my regular two days a week with my trainer. So that's 32 classes that I'm taking advantage of in a semester. And if you wanted to do even more, you could, but let's just say you're doing four workouts a week like me, that comes out to less than seven dollars a class. That is a freaking steal. Oh, you should also know that anyone else in your household can join you for your workouts for free. They don't have to pay for their own membership. So Omid works out with me for all of the workout classes. It's so much fun to have a workout buddy. And if you do the math between the two of us, I mean, it is just such a good deal. When I think about what I used to pay for Barry's classes, they're like $30 a class. Like my God. Anyways, if you want to sign up with Hit School, 
and kick off your new year right, shoot me an email so I can refer you and you'll get $50 off. Full transparency, I get $50 off too, so it's a win-win for both of us. Email me at Elise, E-L-I-S-E, at whatthefab.com. Use hit school in the subject line and I will help you get all signed up. Maybe we'll even work out together. If you want to take a look at their website to learn more about the program, it's hitschool.com. Hit is spelled H-I-I-T because it stands for high intensity interval training. So it's hitschool.com. And don't forget to shoot me an email so you can get that 50 bucks off. All right, let's get back to the show. Tip number five is once you start to grow, have a team member or your assistant help you with the screening and calling references. You don't have to do it all yourself. And it can be a huge time suck to go through these applications and emails and resumes, call references. So I have definitely leaned on my team members to help me with things like they can easily screen out people that did not apply, you know, following the appropriate steps. And you can create different folders in your inbox to kind of bucket people if you, you know, you don't need to like delete them forever and be like, no, (laughs) never going to look at this resume, but they can bucket them for you. Like followed all the steps, put them in one label, kind of followed their maybe, put them in another, just did not follow the directions, like probably do not hire. And that can really help. So then you can go through the green bucket and start to really dive into those resumes. You can have a team member set up the initial conversation. I had Anissa with the Fab's content manager help me recently with hiring a couple of new interns for What the Fab. And it was awesome because she went through the applications herself and she put forward who she thought would be the top three candidates. And she interviewed them and she narrowed them down to one that she was like, I think this is the standout and I'm excited for you to chat with them. So then all I had to do was hop on a Zoom call with them. And I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like they're a great fit and I trust your judgment. And after my conversation, I'm feeling really good about it too. So that saved me a ton of time. And as you start to grow, just remembering that you don't have to do everything yourself, I think is helpful. Calling references is another thing that you don't necessarily have to do all yourself. You can have a team member definitely you know, just give them a a few kind of starter questions and they can make those phone calls and have those conversations and report back to you. Like, is it a thumbs up or were there any kind of flags? And another little side tangent here, since I mentioned that I've hired a couple new interns, shout out to Ashley and Michelle. This is something that I think is a really great way if you are a content creator, a small business owner, and you're like, I need some support, but I'm not ready to hire someone at a, you know, salary that starts at like $25 an hour. Hiring an intern, like it is going to take some work on your end to teach them. Like they're super green. They probably haven't had maybe any internships. Maybe they've had one, like they haven't really had any jobs before. So there's a lot of kind of like time management that you need to help them out with, communication skills over email, over Slack, understanding deadlines and using project management systems and how that all works. So there's a lot of kind of upfront work that you do need to do. And I would also say like definitely pay your interns. I think that now I feel like it's more kind of common for internships to be paid. I don't know. I'm not a student, so I I actually don't know if that's true. But I know that when I was at UCLA, all of my internships were unpaid. And I frankly don't know how that's legal. I think it's a gray area, but I definitely experimented when I was first, you know, hiring interns like 
gosh, eight years ago, I experimented with, okay, we're going to do this for school credit. And it just, it would always fizzle after a quarter. And then once I started getting to a place with my business where I was like, okay, I can pay my interns, like minimum wage back then in California, I think it was $12 an hour. Now it's 15. But okay, so minimum wage is $15 an hour. So that's what you should be paying your intern minimum plus any school credit. And it just makes for a better experience. Like the people that you are hiring are going to be much more committed to you. They're going to be much more incentivized to meet deadlines and to communicate with you and to do a good job, frankly. Like working for free sucks. So (laughs) pay your interns. And another pro tip for hiring interns is there is a platform called Handshake that you can use. And I don't know if this is California only or if it's across the country, but you know, most jobs are virtual right now or going forward anyways. So even if it is California, you could use that. But you set up a profile on there, you get your job description there, and then you can connect with different schools and universities and post your job description to their different job boards all through this one platform. So I have like all the UCs on there that I've connected with a few different state schools and you just publish your job posting there and then all of your applications are managed within that system for an intern. It's pretty cool. I will say that (laughs) I did have kind of a funny experience with I think it was maybe UC Merced and whoever works at their student council office and is reviewing these, she at first rejected my application to connect with the school. And her comment was, I didn't see the job posting on the website. And I'm wondering if this is just a ploy to get people to buy their boxes. And I was like, do you think I'm FabFitFun? <laughs> like, do you think that What the Fab and FabFitFun are the same brand? Because I don't know what you're talking about with getting them to buy my boxes. So anyways, I just basically wrote that back and I was like, I actually hired my previous intern as my content manager. So I'm looking for a new intern and I'm not sure what you mean by buy my boxes because I don't sell boxes. And she didn't respond. She just approved it. I think she was probably kind of embarrassed, but that did make me giggle. So just a little, you know, warning you might be dealing. Her name was Phyllis. So I was really picturing Phyllis from the office, like (laughs) looking at my application and being like, I don't get it. But anyways, just a little warning there that you might have to kind of try a couple different avenues to get some connections with different schools. But that platform does make it super easy and it's super handy to be able to post your job openings for interns. Okay, tip number six is to listen to your gut. I definitely did not listen to my gut a couple of times when I was hiring last year, and those were the ones that ended up not working out. So one example would be I earlier in the year had been looking for someone that could kind of be a combination of campaign manager, like responding to emails and also a virtual assistant. So kind of helping with posting sponsored Instagram stories and I had posted in some Facebook groups that a bunch of bloggers are in and somebody was like, oh, I have an agency that this is what we do. So I was like, great. And we interviewed and I felt good about it. But the one thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was I did ask, and this is another example of this sort of practice task. I did ask, 
since you're going to be in my inbox and negotiating campaigns for me and, you know, speaking to brands on my behalf, would you mind if we did just a couple like back and forth mock email negotiations? So I would send you a potential brand collaboration from a, you know, quote, a brand, a fake brand, and you would respond in kind, like how you would respond as my campaign manager. And we can just go back and forth like once or twice. So it's not going to take that much time, like seriously, 15 minutes tops. They said no. And that was the first time that I had somebody that was interviewing for a campaign manager type of role say no. And they were like, oh, well, we'll just, you know, once we get the contract signed, like we'll get up to speed on how you communicate and blah, blah, blah. And that should have been enough for me to be like, no, like if you're not willing to do this for me, then it's a no. But I didn't listen to my gut in that situation and I moved forward with hiring them and they were a freaking disaster, like so bad. I mean, I have so many examples from that first month of working with them that was just like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? So one example was they were posting my sponsored Instagram stories. So what that means is I'm working with a brand. I've shot all the content, everything, the captions, hashtags, the, you know, tracking links, they're all in a Google Doc. And then there's a corresponding Dropbox folder with the correct video files and, you know, pictures, boomerangs, whatever it is that is part of that campaign that is going to be in the story. And so that it takes like a bit of time, you know, it can take like 20, 30 minutes to get all of that loaded up into Instagram stories, like put the right hashtags, input the link, add a cute sticker, GIF, you know, all that jazz. So I had a, a sponsored story campaign go live and I was looking at it and they had pushed it live and I freaked out because the brand wasn't tagged and it was missing the swipe up link. And this is what the brand is paying for. Like they're paying for me to tag them and to drive traffic to this particular link. And so I immediately pinged my VA from the agency and was like, what is going on? And she was like, oh, sorry. Like I was really busy today. So I handed this over to another VA at the agency and it looks like she messed some things up. And I was just like, oh no, <laughs> like no, 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 no. I mean, that is just like so unacceptable to me. Like this is screwing with my money, basically. Like this is screwing with my ability to get hired by this brand again because we did a shit job and things got screwed up. And also I don't want this being passed around to different VAs who I don't know and, you know, who I haven't onboarded directly. So that was like the straw that broke the camel's back. But there were several things leading up to that that were kind of like flags, including that piece during the interview when I asked if we could do this mock negotiation over email and they said no. So that was one example where I didn't listen to my gut. Let me give you an example where I did listen to my gut and I know that I made the right decision. So because things didn't work out with this agency, I was still, you know, I was back in the same boat. I was looking to hire again for an agency that could help manage my inbox and potential brand collaborations and back and forth over email. So again, had connected with a different agency, a couple new girls, and the conversation was going really well. 
But then I asked them, can we, are you guys on Slack? Because I really prefer to communicate over Slack rather than email. And I know that sometimes when you're negotiating campaigns, things come up, the brand wants a specific screenshot of your reach within the last seven days of your stories, or they want to know how many, you know, stories link clicks you got in the last 30 days. Like sometimes they just want really specific things. And I have to screenshot that for them and, and send it. But I, my inbox is already such a cluster that I really don't want to be adding more, you know, communications in the inbox. And I'm also actively trying to kind of like get out of my inbox more. So I really prefer Slack. And they were kind of wishy-washy about it at first. And they were like, yeah, we also like, we'll text our clients too, if we need anything, but like, we could talk about that. And I was like, I am not okay with being with you texting me. Like I keep my phone on silent. I keep it out of sight and out of mind as much as I can. Otherwise I get distracted. And I also just don't want work messages showing up as text messages on my phone. Plus Slack is just so much easier to navigate. You can search through it. You can pin things. It's easier to share links. It's just, it's so much better. So we ended things kind of like unclear. They basically said they would get back to me about that. And after the call, that was really my one big hang up was like, I just want to make sure that they will commit to communicating with me on Slack. Other than that, I'm like down to hire them. And so I followed up via email. They did the mock negotiation email with me. They did a fine job on that. And I was like, hey, I just wanted to confirm, like, are we good to go with having our communications be on Slack? And they kind of sidestepped it again, but they also were a little bit more, I guess this time they were a little more firm about it. And they were like, no, we prefer keeping everything streamlined and communicating with all our clients in the same way. And so we prefer text messages or we can email you if that's better. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like neither of those are okay with me. And ultimately, I decided because of that one thing, I was not going to hire them. If you're not willing to get on Slack with me, which is a far superior and free communication channel, like so much better than texting, so much more professional, then like, what else aren't you going to be able to do as we're working together? Like, where else are you kind of using unprofessional systems that don't make sense? So I ultimately said, I'm sorry, I don't think it's the right fit. Now, fast forward a couple of months after that another blogger friend of mine did end up hiring them and I mentioned to her this whole like thing with them not being willing to get on slack and she was like oh that's super weird she did end up hiring them and I asked her how are things going and she was like I'm literally trying to get out of my contract with them early because first of all they won't stop fucking texting me even though I keep telling them do not text me I'm still getting text messages from them they haven't landed me any brand campaigns and it's the beginning of q4 and they're telling me that brand aren't really biting. So maybe Q1, like Q4 is the busiest time of year for brand campaigns. So that's a little horse shit. And honestly, it that just made me feel like, okay, good for me. Like I, it was this one flag. It could have been something that I swept under the rug and was just like, okay, like they want to communicate a certain way. I don't really like it, but like I can bend and do this. No, I am so glad that I listened to my gut and stuck to my guns on that one because it was absolutely the right choice. And then tip number seven is hire slow, fire fast. 
So this one's a common phrase and saying, but it is so true. And I kind of mentioned this earlier, but when you're ready to finally hire someone, even if it's just for part-time support for a specific thing, it's usually because you are swamped and you can't handle all the inquiries or opportunities or projects or whatever that's going on and you just need some support. You need it fast. You need it yesterday. So it can be really challenging to take the time to go through all the resumes to interview people when you're already swamped and feeling like you need help and you kind of just want to be like oh so and so hired this person and they say that they're good so like I'm just gonna take that at face value and hire them too definitely I have made that mistake and it just has not worked out when I have been really methodical about it gone through all of the steps that is when I've seen the most success so that's the higher slow part. And then the fire fast part. This part is really hard for me. I think it's, well, I won't say it's hard for me. It's just, it can be uncomfortable, but like things can sometimes drag on even though you know it's not the right fit, but the person might be doing an okay job. And you kind of, for me, can feel like, well, having their support is better than nothing or having their support right now is better than the alternative of having zero support and starting the whole interview process over again and losing time and resources to that. But uh, it's tough, but like you got to nip it in the bud. Like you got to let them go. A quote that something that one of my mentors from the mastermind group last year said that has really stuck with me is we're building businesses here, not sororities. And I was like, damn, that is so good and so true. Like I think as as women and female business owners, sometimes it can be really hard to let someone go because they might be a really great person and you might really like them, but they're just not the right fit for your business. And kind of separating the personal from the business, it can be really tough, but it's essential because you're running a business, not a sorority. So that is something that I have definitely kept in mind and kind of had to implement when I've had to let some people go that were just not working out and not the correct fit for what the fab. All right, so those are my seven tips. And at this point, you might be kind of wondering what my current support team looks like. And as I mentioned, I've been going through kind of a growth spurt last year, which is really exciting. And I also very new. And so my team, my support team looks really different than it did two years ago. Two years ago, it was really just me, Anissa as my intern, just, you know, 10 hours a week. And then like a couple other people that were very, very part time, like a, a web developer. That's kind of it. So now I have Anissa, who is what the fabs content manager she is a contractor but she is with me anywhere from 30 to 40 hours a week it's really up to her and her call and this is also something that in California there's like very specific rules around who can be a contractor and who needs to be a full-time employee so she her title is freelance writer and graphic designer because that is a big bulk that covers like everything that she does really whether she's writing for the blog or writing for podcast descriptions you know designing for the blog or for Instagram or whatever it is so that is her role and then I mentioned we have our two new interns so they are both with me about 
10 to 15 hours a week, just depending on their schedules. And one of them is focused a little bit more on social media. So like Pinterest, Google Web Stories, TikTok, repurposing videos and sharing them on YouTube, on Facebook, that kind of thing. And then the other one is more focused on writing and just like really helping to pump out fresh new articles each week. So those are the two interns. I mentioned I have a new VA, Jackie, and she supports with a lot of travel and, you know, just all of the, especially with the pandemic and with travel being such a big part of my business, there have been so many times that I've had to be on the phone with customer service from like canceled flights or canceled trips. And it's just like taken hours of my life away from me. So really excited to have her support with that. She also helps with managing the multiple inboxes and several other pieces that I'm kind of blanking on right now, but just really anything and everything that kind of comes up, she can dive in, which is really helpful. I have my publicist, Liv. She is on a retainer with me and she's fantastic. She's gotten what the fab a lot of really cool placements like Forbes, Birdie, Her Money, like really, really cool stuff, real simple. And if you are looking for a publicist, she's awesome and she does have a referral program. So I can get you a, a discount for your first month. If you're interested, just shoot me an email, elise at whatthefab.com. Who else do I have supporting me? So I have my tech team. They're also like our hosting provider. We use Agatha and then they do provide some tech support for the website, which is great. And then I also have Chloe Digital. So if you're a blogger, you have heard of Chloe Digital. They're amazing and they provide a lot of support on the tech side and web development. But like for me, where the goal really is the strategy. So once a month, I meet with my consultant from CD. Mine is Jamila. She's amazing. Hi, Jamila. And we just talk shop. Like we talk big picture, we talk strategy. She cues me into like anything that is coming up that I really need to be thinking about. So like Instagram is making this type of change to the platform. Like you should start communicating XYZ to your followers. We, you know, strategize for at the beginning of the year, goals for the year. She definitely keeps me like thinking ahead and things move so quickly and things change so quickly that it's just really nice to know, okay, they've got the like pulse on the industry type of thing covered and I can just lean on them instead of like having to constantly be researching like, okay, what's coming up? What's Google web stories? Like, why do I need to do it? How does it work? What's the best Pinterest strategy right now? So that's Chloe Digital. They are fantastic. And I um, do have a referral program going on with them as well. So if you're interested in learning more about them, you can shoot me an email, elise at whatthefab.com, and I can tell you even more about my experience. They're awesome, and I highly, highly recommend them. And let's see, who else? Within my home, and I've been mentioning this a little bit more lately because... I think it's important to talk about, but within my home, I have a monthly housekeeper who supports us as well as a weekly house manager slash personal assistant. And I've talked about this in several episodes recently. And the reason that I think it's important to share this is because I I just don't think it's possible to do it all, to like run your own business and also like have time for yourself and self-care and work out and cook and clean and manage the household and like all of these things and to do it all well. I just, I don't think there's any shame in asking for support. And 
I know it's not something that everyone can afford, and I acknowledge that, but if you are at a place where you can afford some kind of support in your home, whether it's a housekeeper or a personal assistant, I definitely recommend looking into that because it's been a game changer for us, and I don't think I would be able to be as kind of organized and ready for the week ahead without that support. And so instead of spending all day Sunday, like cooking, cleaning, doing all the kind of like household things, I spend very little time doing that. Like obviously there's still maintenance throughout the week that myself and Omid need to take care of, but knowing that a big chunk of that is going to be supported on Mondays is such a big help and it just kind of helps us set our week up for success. So those are a couple of support systems that we have in place at home. All right, those were all of my tips, all my hiring tips. I hope they were helpful for you. And again, I think that these tips can be implemented in so many different ways, whether you're a business owner or looking for support in the home or looking for someone for a team at the company that you work at. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It was kind of something that I had been thinking about lately because I'm kind of coming off of this like growth spurt and I feel like I finally have my support team and systems in place. Place. And now we're just kind of onboarding and figuring out the flow and everything. But yeah, it's just something that's been on my mind. And I thought it might be helpful for some listeners as well. So if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear from you. You can shoot me a DM. I'm at WTFab. You can share this episode on your stories, snap a screenshot, tag me. I would so appreciate that if it was a helpful one for you. And lastly, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It just helps me, first of all, it helps motivate me to keep going and producing these episodes weekly, but then it also is just a great way to support the show. So thanks so much for listening and we'll chat again next week. Mm-hmm.